Hey, church, turn with me into 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. You need to pay attention to this. This is, uh, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to young Timothy. So I've divided this up into two spots. We're going to read five verses, 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5, for our tithing message and carry the rest of it out after that. And... The blessing that you guys have is you guys are living in the end times. So you no longer have to, you know, when I first started preaching here, you know, messages like this was, you know, we was kind of, well, it'll be here one day or preaching, you know, like generations to come. We're here. And what it's addressing here today is the apostate church. Now, you didn't hear me. You would have said something. The apostate church. Apostasy is when Christians have left the faith to other teachings, and, they, and we're here, and in, 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 this, in this month of Thanksgiving, and we're, we're talking about being thankful, it really wasn't my plan just to preach just on this, but about how grateful we are that we live in America, in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Hey, hey, so let's break this down as we go. Uh, and uh, remember, when you get out of bed, you're going to offend somebody. Just make sure it ain't God. Um, it says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter time, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Um, and for, for you that, that struggle with this, uh, you know, demonic oppression or possession or things of that nature. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we believe that there is a Holy Spirit. So we believe there's a Holy Spirit. There has to be an unholy spirit. So I'm trying to get you ready for uh, the Lord's Supper uh, today as well. So the latter times are after Jesus has gone on and went to heaven. So these are the latter times that we are living in, and they will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to the deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. So these are things that are outside the covenant of God. Um, you get that. You see some of these churches who, are, who have gone uh, soft on the nation of Israel and don't want to talk about, you know, all the, the topics that are there of today. Uh, but we do, uh, because if you if you truly love somebody, you got to tell them the truth. You can't you can't lie. You can't lie. Amen. And and I've always charged your parents to make sure that you're not lying to your children. Don't don't be your children's friend. Don't be your your children's friend. Uh, they got enough of them. What they need are parents. Amen. So let's start with that, and we'll break this down, uh, and, and I pray that you will benefit from I, I did this with my, my deacons and pastors this morning in the, in the pastor, pastors and deacons meeting, and they, they were really blessed. They're like, man, we really felt like we, we, we really got a nugget from the Lord today, um, and, and they're pretty astute in the Bible, so hopefully you guys feel the same. All right, verse 2, it says, through the insincerity of liars whose conscience are seared. Now listen to what it says here in 4.3. Forbid marriage and require absence 
from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So, so there are certain groups that are going to forbid people from being married. And that's just, we know that's a demonic spirit because that goes against the flies in the face of what God created man to do. Right there in Genesis, right off the jump. For that a man would take a wife and then he would leave his father and mother and, and join to his wife and have their own family. Um, and then according to 2.18 in Genesis, he, uh, he said that you're going to have a wife and she would be your suitable helper for anything that you're going through. Now, let's talk a little bit about the food. And obviously, we know that there's some still that who believe that some things are unclean if you follow Acts chapter 10, you find out that Peter was talking to God and he said, everything that I say is clean is clean from now on. Amen. Amen. Uh, and uh, so I, that leads me to my favorite sport is eating. So I got to tell you this because I, I really feel like I've, I've had a breakthrough. So last night we got home from church at Moscow. We're sitting around and there's a bunch of Keelan had her, and Taylor had their kids there. And I don't know, there's a couple borrowed Pastor Aaron's kids were there and or one of them was, and, and I, th I was starving because I, I just haven't ate for, if I go for longer than like two hours, I, I feel like I'd need. So I got home, and I knew that there was some, some beef that was thawing out in the refrigerator. I just, you know, it was, it was so I, I cooked that, and then, and I'm trying to figure out how to, to multiply a pound of beef with like five or six people. I really wasn't sure who was going to sit down, so I made some of Grandpa Pat's Cowboy Surprise. <laughs> Ask me, say, I want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, listen. So I cooked a, a pound of burger. Uh, I put uh, some ramen noodles in there. A can of SpaghettiOs. I'm not done yet. And because I had kids there, I wanted to flavor it up and make it a little sweet, so I put pancake syrup all over it. I know you want me to repent, but I'm not going to, Steve. And I laid it on a bed of chips. I just, I'm just, you haven't heard the, they ate that like it was the last supper. So you may forbid your children to eat Pastor Pat's Cowboy Surprise. But at the Rankin household, we've ordained all food. Hallelujah. And that's a true story right there. So, and while they're eating, you know, while they're eating, the kids really don't know where food comes from. They think it comes from the grocery store ferry. And they're eating it, and they're like, man, this, is, this beef is really good. I said, yeah, it came from Grandpa Pat, some of his cows out at the farm. They go, and we really love the breakfast, the, the sausage that you made, the bologna, everything. I said, that came from the deer that we killed last year. So they got a smorgasbord and a history lesson all at one time. Amen. <laughs> Tell your neighbor I'm glad I'm at this church. Um, verse 4. For everything, God, uh, for everything created by God is good and there's nothing to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. And you know how I feel about this. Uh, all these foods that God has given us in the Western world, we, all, these, all these foods, and, and, and a lot of times, 
you guys have family members that have children that turn their nose up at the food that you have prepared. Let them next time know when, you, when, when those little kids come to your house that your wife is not a short order cook. We eat whatever's on, on the table here. Amen. Um, and, it, and it's to be received with thanksgiving. And they know being at my house, they're like, well, what are we going to do afterwards? And I go, oh, you know what's next. Ice cream. It's called swole if you're too old to know. Uh, you know, and they just love staying at the house because I, I remember I told you I'm, I'm the grandpa that just says yes to everything. Because after they get all sugared up, I go right in my bedroom and go to bed. Dogs are out and the kids are out and everything and, and all that kind of stuff. That's the joy of being a grandpa. Can I get a witness from the grandpas that are here? They're your kids. Now deal with it. And I heard my daughter in there screaming, it's time to brush your teeth, you know. I'm like, oh, yeah. Payback. I had to call you three times in the whole deal, amen? Verse 5, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. Um, we do need to pray more for our nation. We do need to pray more for Israel. Those are God's chosen people, and we stand behind them 100%, amen? We ain't backing off anytime soon. Hey, hey, let us pray. Father, we are grateful. We all have some funny lives and some funny stories, but most of all, we're just grateful uh, that we have you and one another, and we live in the greatest land, the United States of America. So we pray for our nation and the nation of Israel, and we pray, Lord God, that you would watch over them and watch over us and watch over your church as we march forward uh, in the cause of Christ and the Great Commission. We ask that the offering be blessed today and all those who are watching by live stream today be blessed too. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let the basket come by. Applaud the Lord. So, um, verse 6, we're going to pick back up here in the message. Um, so, remember what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He's talking about the apostate church, the people who have left the faith. Um, what, what makes people go soft on the kingdom of God? What makes people go soft on the kingdom of God? I think it's an influence of the culture. They're trying to go along to get along. They're trying to act like everybody. You're going to be peculiar people. You're going to be odd to the world. They can't believe that you're at church on Sunday and you, and you love Jesus and you, and you don't go out and do the things you used to do. They consider you square. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing this, I think about this some thousands of years ago. What would he think about the church right now? He'd look around in the Western world and go, what in the world are you guys doing? Everybody's ashamed of the gospel, and they're ashamed of the nation of Israel, and they're ashamed to call themselves Christians, and they're, they're trying to tell you there's many ways to God. There is not. 
Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can I get a witness? Hey, hey. Oh, Lord Jesus. So, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I told you I didn't do good in, in, in school. I was horrible at school, but I love history now. And I was reading about the Mayflower Compact. You know, when the pilgrims come over here to America and uh, they're Christians, and I don't know, it was maybe it was 145 people on the first ship, and it was so many years ago. And, and when they made this compact, they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to move in here into this Plymouth, Massachusetts, and, and we're going we're gonna to get here, and we're going to put together this compact, and we're going to live by, by the, the rules of Christ and any laws that we develop will be to enhance the colonist. It will be to enhance our lives, to enhance the, the community that lives there. Isn't that so contrary to where we are now? We got so many laws that are out there now that restrict you and try to, try to take your freedom and try to harness you and try to control you and, and different things. We never thought we'd be in a place where you can't paint your house the same color as your neighbor. And you're getting used to it. It's called conditioning. You're waiting for the next move from somebody in office to tell you what to do. People were free people who have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, and I just, you know, in, and um, I was thinking about that Mayflower uh, Compact and thinking about Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and all these wonderful documents that have, have been drafted up by all our Christian forefathers. And they were all designed to keep us free. Amen? They were designed to keep us, uh, keep us away from tyranny, uh, biblical tyranny and, and physical tyranny here uh, in the states. In verse 4, 6, it says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. So right now when you come to church and you come to Bible studies and you're on your knees, you're in training with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit so we can pass all these wonderful teachings down to our children and our grandchildren that there's a code of conduct, there's a way that we conduct ourselves. We don't act like we ain't got good sense in our house. Amen? I said the clown show has left town. We don't, we don't, we don't entertain that kind of stuff. Once it comes through this threshold, it has to be, it has to be acceptable to God. And you guys, are, you guys, God has called you to hold the standard, and not just in your homes, but out in your schoolways and in your parkways and all these things. To continue to, uh, to raise the banner for the Lord. He's talking about the apostate church. He said in the times, he said these things are going to happen. Verse 7, have nothing to do with irreverent and silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Some of you guys think your biggest battle is on Facebook, and it is not. I'll let you know. You don't have to answer everything that comes across Facebook. Because what we call them in the Hebrew word is ding-dongs. I mean... I, our, it was Greek. I, I mean. Amen? I just don't feel like i got to reply to something so stupid. <laughs> you just scratch your head and go, gotcha. Gotcha on that one. 
you're dumber than a sack of hammers, tell them. So when, 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 when our families are around and my children are around and my grandchildren are around, we teach them about thanking God for our food, thanking God for, uh, you know, this great country and everything. And, and maybe it ain't perfect, but here's the deal. It's better than, I don't see anybody trying to leave here. I don't see anybody trying to leave here. You know, we think, you know, you think about that when they're flying all these flags all over the place and everything. Like, oh, they're doing this and they're flying the Palestinian flags and all this kind of thing. See, here's the deal. The only place you could do something like that is here or Israel. Outside of that, you'd be killed for doing some of the stuff they're doing. You'd be thrown off rooftops for that. Don't get quiet on me, church. It's uncomfortable talking about the truth, isn't it? But here's the deal. I believe it's easier to raise up children in Christ than it is to fix an adult. I don't know. It, I, you know, when I started in the pulpit some years ago, I never, I never believed that we'd actually be here. I, ne- I never thought we would be here, and we are here. We're here. We no longer, uh, Pastor Jay, we no longer have to worry about that day to come. It's here. We're, we're in the center of it. And if you was to interview any, any preachers that been around for a minute, they'd tell you, man, we never thought we'd be here. We are here, and we have to preach about this stuff. I'm going to keep going even if you don't like it. Listen, uh, see, here's the deal. I love my church too much to lie to them. I don't want you to be unequipped when you go out there. Uh, there's pl- plenty of churches out there to soft pedal this message for you, uh, but we can't do that here. Uh, so we're training ourselves in godliness for a while. Bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Amen. Amen. So I like that. And, I, and I'm not one of them guys that go, I can't wait for the sweet by and by. You got that when you become born again. You got the sweet by and by and you're going to be there with all the heavenly saints. And you're going to be with your mom and your dad and my daughter and all that. It's going to be wonderful. But what about right now? God, God has given us this uh, basic instruction before leaving earth handbook so we could live by this. Listen to what he says here in the text. He said bodily training. So he's saying go work out. Get a gym membership. Take care of yourself. This actually kind of gives me an out for the days I don't feel like training. (laughs) You just grab your Bible real quick like, I'm sitting down. (laughs) What I really want to do is sit down with like a donut or something. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, forget the workout, babe. We're working our spiritual muscle out today. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys are way more devoted to your workouts than I am. But he said, bodily training is of some value, but godliness is value in every way. Because what is the profit of man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his very soul? So if you have all the shiny stuff and you don't have Jesus, you don't have everything. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. I got to have the church talk back to me a little bit. Hey, hey. Um, And I remember that from young in my Christian walk that I highlighted that and I asterisked that and all this kind of stuff. He says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. 
especially those who believe. So this is for those who believe. Command, say this with me, command and teach. Say it one more time, command. And you know it's always unpopular to teach your kids the Bible because they're busy and the dog's barking and, and doing devotions and even prayer time. Do you ever notice that whenever it's time to pray with your wife or read the Bible, it's like everything's going on. Well, hold on. Well, wait for a minute. I got to let the dog, I got to let him in. I got to do all, you got to do all kinds of stuff. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. And I've told you the acronym for busy is being under Satan's yoke. Write that down. That's a good one. Um, and everybody's busy doing something. And, and I told you this before, and I, I'm guilty of it, like you guys. Some of you guys say this. I have my Bible on my phone. Say that. Oh, yeah. You're going to sit down to read your Bible on your phone. And all of a sudden, you know, I've, I told you what I follow. I follow, like, roping and boxing, and that's about it. Next, uh, boxing will come up on my, on my feed. And it'll try, and the next thing you know, guess who's fighting next? And the next thing you know, you're like 20 minutes into it, and I go, I'm supposed to be reading my Bible right now. So the devil's job is to distract all of us and get us focused on something. And his goal is, is if he can keep you from Christ for one second, he's done his job. Think about that. It's just a distraction to keep you away from that, and then, and, and so on and so forth. And then that's what we pass down to our kids. Um, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct. Don't I got to stop there on conduct. Since when was it popular for children to back talk their parents? I would take a drink here real quick. At my house, that was the quickest way to get horizontal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For guys my age, you couldn't even imagine mustering up the courage to back talk your, uh, I mean, your mom. I mean, she, it was the shoe and the ruler and the wooden spoon I told you about her. But dad, I got to tell a story about dad. Ask me and I'll tell you. <laughs> See, when you get, I told you that males, when they get to be 13, their brain leaves their skull till they're 26. I don't even know why they give license to, to males till they're after 26. So I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of starting to feel pretty good. You know, and once your 13 testosterone starts to generate, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, what's up, Mike? I would never say that. I was too scared to say that. But he smacked me for something I did, and I looked at him, and I said, is that all the harder you can hit? Ask me what I remembered after that. <laughs> Nothing. That was a TKO, man. Conduct is important, not just for your house, but for the people who come over for Bible study. Don't act like you ain't got good sense in, the, in, in front of this company because they're going to think that we, we ordain that lifestyle. So it's, a, it's not only good for your household, it's a good witness for the households who come over. And if your kids don't know how to act, just tell them to stay in their room. 
I mean, that may be, it's, it's really not punishment anymore, but it used to be. I told you, I remember being inside your room was the worst thing in the whole wide world. Now kids just go there like it's a, like it's a playground. I'm going to my room, and we're going to play. You got to take the video game and TV away. I mean, it was, I mean, there was levels of being grounded. I told you before, there was grounded to the yard, and then there was grounded to the house. In, in isolation was being in the room. I mean, I would just walk down the hallway and I was just like I was going to solitary confinement. Because back then kids played outside. And you couldn't, all your kids, you, you heard them because you didn't have air conditioning. The windows were all like, oh, yeah, oh, Johnny's riding his bike. <laughs> kids nowadays go, what's a bicycle? We called it transportation back then. Freedom. Smell that. Smells good, doesn't it? That's freedom. Let's get back to the text. Here we go. Um, it says, until I come, I'm in verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. And do not neglect the gift you have which is given to you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. They laid their hands on you. Like last night, I commissioned my daughter and her husband. They just got married, and I brought them before the church, and, I, and, and we prayed for them and commissioned them out to their church down in Branson so that they could do the work of the Lord down there. Come on. Sis, come on, you and Taylor, come up here so they can just see you. Come on up, we're going to pray for him again real quick. All you brothers and sisters, come on. Guys, get some hands on this young man. Lord, I thank you once again as we lift up this uh, wonderful married couple, Lord. They've decided to make that covenant and be in church. I, I've, I commission them to do the Great Commission down there in Branson and wherever you, wherever you have them go. And, Lord God, they'll never compromise their, their principles. And I'm so proud of them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So let's applaud the Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Um, and if, if, you haven't, if you haven't done that with your kids, you need to do that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. So the Apostle Paul's talking about commissioning Timothy and laying on of hands. And, you know, he was, raised by his, uh, he was raised by his mom and his grandma. So just because you don't have a father in the home doesn't mean you can't be raised in the gospel. Some, some of the greatest homes uh, were raised by the, the mom and the grandma. Let's be honest. I mean, Granny, she could put it down. I mean, I think once you get, once you get to a certain age, you feel like, you know, you're just gonna you're gonna roll with it, uh, but I remember, and I'm gonna tell you the story real quick. When I when I, when they commissioned me to be a pastor, so many years ago, we was at our little uh, uh, storefront up in Limburg, and some of the greatest pastors laid their hands on me, and they laid their hands on me, and they commissioned me. Listen to what they said: We commission you to preach the gospel in season and out of season. So it didn't matter what the topics were or whatever. I had to stick with what I was commissioned to. 
And that's the call of Christ. Amen. And not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, until I come, he says in verse, uh, let me read 14 again. It says, do not neglect the gift that... Uh, the gift you have which is given to you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And I know you go to church with some people and, and you know that have been on milk and then after a while you're kind of thinking to yourself, man, shouldn't you guys be on the meat by now? Some people have been in churches for a long time, and they kind of stutter-stepping and stutter-stepping. You're like, man, we need to pull these brothers and sisters aside in love and go, if you're going to continue to follow Christ, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. Oh, I'm mowing your lawn now. Listen. Raise up, and I'll give you the rest so you can get it without pulling a muscle. We can bring the house lights down just a little bit. We're going to get you ready for the Lord's Supper here. So we're going to immerse ourselves in them. Verse, here's the last verse of the day I'm going to give you guys. Keep close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I am a standard bearer. And my wife and my kids and my grandkids would probably tell you, Scott, oh, or my farm, when you come out there, we're standard bearers. There's certain things that we accept, and there's certain things that we don't accept. They're just, it's a state, you can start, Krista. It's just a standard that I, I have to hold as being a Bible-believing, flag-waving, devil-chasing Christian. I have to hold to these standards. And a lot of times, people don't like it. There's people that come in our boxing program, Dave, and we get ready to pray. Oh, well, I'm not. Well, if you don't want to pray, you're not in the boxing program. You can go to the one down the street. We pray before our meals. And this ain't, watch this class. This ain't an act. We don't, we don't do an act. I don't need somebody to see me pray. I need God. I need God to see me pray. Whaley, you got to understand this. I'm not trying to impress people. Let's be honest. When you get my age, your resume's already been out there. Nobody, nobody's impressed. And I tell you, this week in and week out, you didn't come to see if I lost any more weight. You're, you're, you're excited because you believe the guy that's behind the pulpit is going to open the Word of God, and he's going to enlighten you. He's going to give you a revelation. So here's what I want to leave you with. Listen to this for a second. Close your eyes. And, and I see the one young man who gave his life to Jesus. God bless you, brother. I'm so happy that you're here today. Last week. I, lo- I love doing, I love doing the, the things that you never thought you would do. Because they were, it, it, I mean, some of the things we do as Christians may be considered uncool. By the world. So we started out the morning, Saturday morning. My daughter and the kids were there, and we were blessed. We got a horse, a little horse at the house over here. And we got out and we 
riding the kids around on the horse and eating breakfast. And then after that, we went to the park. I still believe in doing stuff like that. I, li I like going to the park and I don't care what the weather is. And I don't care if the, I'll be real honest, I don't care if the family really wants to go, we're going. Because I, 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 believe, I believe that some of the best times family have are outside. I just believe that. So I was, I was affirmed that with my kids and my grandkids and everything when I seen Mickey Head over there. She was at the park and she had her grandkids there. And I thought about that when I was pulling away. Her husband, my buddy Brett Hedda, would want me to hug his wife and say she's doing a good job when she's there with her kids. Um, I wish he was here, but he ain't. And I wish we could do everything that we wanted to do, but we can't. So I'm going to do what I can do while I got the opportunity. So make a good move on Saturday morning having your kids at the park. And if you don't have times like that, man, you need to start doing that. That's the stuff the kids remember. They remember that stuff. Swinging on the monkey bars and doing that kind of stuff and all that stuff. So maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe you walked in the church and go, I don't even know who Jesus is. Who's this Jesus you speak of, Pastor Pat? Who is he? He's the Savior of the world. He come to set the record straight. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going to pray for you today before I head out. And before you head out, wherever you go, I pray that you take Jesus with you. Get ready for the Lord's Supper. Father God, my prayer today is, is for the lost. Some of them don't even know who you are. There are people, Father God, who live in the United States of America who have never confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that they come on a bended knee and receive the free gift of salvation that only Jesus can give. Just ask them right where you're at. Jesus, come into my heart. Help me live for you, Lord. And then here's one for the saints. Here's a prayer for you. Lord, before I get ready for the Lord's Supper today, I, I got a little bitterness in my heart. Got into it at work. I got ought against someone. I have some dissension in my home. I want to I be forgiven. I, wanna, I want you to give me clean hands and a pure heart. Father, God, forgive me where I forgot about you today. And I give you the glory for allowing U-turns. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's church said amen.